Well, good afternoon. Welcome everybody to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I am Dan Edwards with the Eastside Real Estate Team. We're glad you're joining us live on Facebook today. And um, you can obviously pot, you know, subscribe. You should you subscribe to our podcast anywhere podcasts can be found, both on Apple and Google, as well as I think um, I think we're also on um, Spotify. You can find us there. But also, too, you can find us on YouTube. Google the Eastside Real Estate Team at YouTube. Sc- subscribe there. And then finally, on our website, the eastsiderealestateteam.com, you can find past episodes there as well. Um, today, we're going to be welcoming uh, Doug Peterson, who's a, one of our regular contributors. He's coming in today to talk about some great, uh, great personal finance programs that he has with his company, Get Priority Straight. But before we talk to Doug, let's get to some real talk. Now, have you ever thought of selling your house on your own? I'm sure you have. I know I have. I actually sold my house on my own way before I was in real estate. And I'll tell you part of why I found out now that I'm a professional, what a mistake that was. Now, listen, there's many benefits to working with a real estate professional with selling your house, especially during challenging times like we face today. It becomes very important to select an expert to help guide you through the process. Um, Now, in the industry, uh, oftentimes people will use the term for sale by owner or FISBO. Um, I like to consider calling that an unrepresented seller, right? So when you think about a transaction of buying, you know, in our area, the median home price is, I believe um, on the east side, it's around 950 is the median home price. So that's a pretty big investment uh, to walk into not having representation. So think of it, if a real estate agent approaches you about buying a house directly, that real estate agent generally will represent the buyer that they're bringing to the table. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about representation, but let's talk about number one, safety. Now in a post COVID era, safety doesn't just mean a stranger coming into your house. It means maintaining the health and safety of your family. So um, a real estate agent is going to follow proper COVID protocols. We have um, um, the hand sanitizer, we're only allowed to, to bring two people at a time in the house. And then we will um, wipe down all the knobs, all the doors, everything that was touched by a, a client. Now, if you're doing this for sale by owner, you certainly can do those same things. However, um, it's not being done um, maybe as as a part of the process anymore. Now, in addition to that, there's regulating the amount of people in your home. Oftentimes for sale by owners, aren't necessarily qualified buyers. You may or may not know if somebody's coming to your house, whether or not they're qualified. If they're not with an agent, maybe they're kicking tires, maybe they haven't identified their budget and you really don't know where they've been. I know that that's probably not the right thing to say about a stranger coming to your house, but in the post COVID area, it's very true. Now, according to uh, the National Association of Realtors, um, another important reason why you would hire a professional to help you sell a house is, most real estate agents have a strategy for selling and attracting buyers online. According to the National Association of Realtors, um, before COVID, the first step that most buyers took, about 43% of them, was to search online. I don't know what the other 57 or uh, six, what is it? Yeah, 50. 57, is that right? 4357, yeah. Right. I'm doing my reverse math. I, I was trying to, yeah, anyways. I don't know what the other 47% first step is. Maybe they're actually doing the right thing and talking to their financial planner. That that might be a good thing to do first too. But uh, throughout that process though, and since, of, since COVID, 
about 97%. Again, I don't know what the other 3% is, but I did talk to a wonderful lady today who doesn't have email or the internet. I think we should hear crickets now, but I'm, yeah, I don't hear them. Um, that was pretty cool though. I said, good on you. I'm glad you're enjoying life. You probably don't know what you don't need to know and probably much happier for it. So, um, so in addition to, um, you know, uh, having a safety protocol, in addition to um, having a great marketing plan that utilizes what we do as, sell, uh, as sellers agents representing the seller, 3D tours, video tours, detailed descriptions of neighborhoods, drone video, drone shots, all kinds of lasers, probably not lasers, but if we could use lasers, we would use lasers. Uh, but just having a good, strong internet and social presence, but also the negotiations part. Quite frankly, this is my favorite thing about real estate. I enjoy uh, helping someone leverage uh, the, the work that we've done to get it marketed well, to benefit them, to bring multiple people to the, to the, um, to the table, to the negotiation table. And I have to say, it's always, and I don't mean sometimes, it's always an emotionally charged time. And when there isn't representation for an individual in that process, sometimes they can get pushed around. In other times, they dig in their heels when a perfectly good and reasonable offer shows up, thus missing an opportunity to get to their objectives. And that is selling the home for as much as you can, but also maybe getting closer to family or perhaps um, pulling out some of their nest egg and uh, being able to uh, um, uh, donate that to a charity if they're downsizing or pass it along to their family in a proper way. So um, keep in mind this that the buyer that's looking for the best deal possible is looking for the least strong counter negotiator. And I don't, I, I don't belittle anybody's ability to negotiate. There's a lot of people that are better negotiators than I am. However, on a weekly, daily basis, we are in the process of negotiating the best deals for our buyers and sellers. So there are a few more things we can go over. I think I've got um, five and six, uh, four and five is uh, making sure they're qualified. So that's an important attribute that if you put a sign in a yard and somebody calls on it, you have absolutely an idea of whether they have the ability to purchase the home and then you just let them into your house. Um, then the legal standpoint. So making sure that all T's are crossed and I's are dotted. I know um, there have been times even in a regular real estate process where um, lawsuits arise. So you can only imagine by only having one individual that represents one side, that a, a potential liability for the person without representation could be higher. Um, and the bottom line is this, you will actually net more money when using a real estate agent. Um, according to the National Association of Realtors, um, I wanna say that 12% of the population attempted for sale by owner and 96% ended up selling with a real estate broker anyways. Now that wasn't because they were willing to take less money, but a good real estate broker has a good plan to market a property and great negotiation skills to uh, in an environment that we've talked about this before is incredibly beneficial to a sellers. Leverage those things to get a great contract. So if you're considering selling F, what we call FISBO or for sale by owner or as an unrepresented seller, as I like to say, I'd love to chat with you about the exact differences and what we can do specifically for you. Bottom line, it leaves you up to liability, makes you do a whole lot of work and the gains just aren't there. So give us a call, the Eastside Real Estate team. 
You can reach us at 425-200-4093. That's 425-200-4093. I'm Dan Edwards with the Eastside Real Estate Team. And that is our Real Talk segment. Now, after this short commercial break, and since we're live on Facebook, it will be short, we're going to bring Doug Peterson back on the show. Do you get frustrated by how hard life can be sometimes? Well, it doesn't have to be. There's a way to spend your days moving forward instead of digging out from under, especially if you remember to bring your intuition to work. Otherwise, it's like leaving half your brain in the car. Mary Gleason, executive intuition coach, wants to help you tap into your intuition more deeply and more often to help guide you to decisions that are more fully considered and for your greatest good. Learn more by visiting marygleason.life or mary at marygleason.life. That's marygleason.life or mary at marygleason.life. So welcome back to the show. We're here with our good friend, Doug Peterson from Get Priority Straight to learn about personal finance mastery. Mastery, that is defined, that is defined by Miriam Webster as uh, having intense, uh, I'm making this up because I, I thought I'd pull up Miriam Webster, but mastery is about 10,000 hours, right? That's what it takes. According to studies, a book called Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, go read it. I like it. It's a good book. Um, but really personal finance mastery and how it can take you to a better understanding of leveraging money. Now, over the past year, Doug has helped people align their goals and visions, both personally and professionally. And he founded Get Priority Straight in 2018 to help provide a program for individuals to maximize their personal income and improve their ability to invest. Having founded and run eight businesses in his career, Doug has perfected a system that works regardless of industry, marital status, or income. He's currently working with Amazon managers, wealth managers, real estate professionals, attorneys, technology professionals, and dog walkers. I just made that one up. Yeah. Do you have, have any dog walkers on the uh, client list? No, no okay. dog walkers. No dog walkers. But if you are a dog walker and you're earning money doing it, Doug can help you. Thanks for joining us today, Doug. Thanks. Great to be here. All right. So just a recap for somebody first watching this show, what does GPS do? So, so Get Priority Straight is really focused on helping people get financial integrity, getting their money doing what they wanted to do for them. It's helping them become proactive instead of reactive, deciding where they want their money to go before they spend it. Also, we help create very creative spending and savings plans. And the net result is financial peace of mind. So what is financial mastery? I tried defining it by Miriam Webster, but what do you say it is? It's funny, a lot of people struggle and have stress around managing their personal finances. And it's a game. Hmm. And when you know the rules of the game, you can win every time because it's a simple numbers game. I mean, to, to not be oversimplified, if you think about a business or personal, you need more money coming in than going out. Then you're winning. Simple, not easy. Simple, not easy. But also yeah. we have infrequent expenses. We have subscriptions. We have stuff we don't remember we bought that we're getting charged for. There, It's now become very complex. Hmm. So um, why is it, why is financial mastery so important? Well, I go back to a lot of what 
I thought about when I started this company, which is if I could get a husband and wife on the same page about finances, it'd be amazing. And imagine that, well, first of all, the biggest cause of divorce, there's two, infidelity and money. Yeah. And I think money is right up on top of the list as far as stress. Yeah. And so imagine eliminating that stress. But the other thing is that when we don't pay attention, we spend, if you only work 173 hours, in America, we often work more than that. How much time do you actually spend managing all that money you've spent all that life energy getting? We usually spend one or two hours and just try to pay our bills and move on instead of really knowing where we want to go and where we want to spend our money. So why do you believe people focus, don't focus more? Why, why are they wasting time and energy on their finances? It's kind of a black hole. You could sit down and do a whole bunch of work, kind of figure out where you are today. And then in three weeks or a month or two months, you don't know again. Well, you just did the best you could with what you had. And so it feels like a lot of work, doesn't feel like a lot of return. But if you'll spend the time to really get on top of it and implement a system, it takes less, the same or less time to no more eliminate waste and just get more from your money. Now, I, I, what I hear in you say, I, I mean, it all sounds really good. And I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball in as much as, can you tell me a story about somebody that maybe procrastinated taking that first step? And what did it look like when they did? And what did they say about it? I know that's a curveball because that wasn't, you know, something we talked about before, but I just think telling stories is a, is a good way to kind of communicate this. Somebody that maybe, you know, was, was you'd met with a few times and then they finally took that first step. What was their experience? Well, I'll tell you, there's a, a technology professional I'm working with that wanted to start initially in March and decided to put it off. And has been living off of stock options. And the stock options have been cashed in before they've turned into long-term capital gains. So that's an additional 15%, but wasn't aware of what they were spending. Hmm. And it turns out they were overspending their income double. They were spending $21,000 and making about 10 net. And the rest was stock options. So then they take the $80,000 stock options and they lose just in taxes alone, $12,000. Wow. They're also paying 12,000 in interest because they built up debt. So it's, it's and compound interest can really work for you and it can really work against you. Absolutely. So taking that first step, um, um, if you're, then looking at, okay, I took that first step. We're going to make that change. How did that impact their life? Well, they immediately realized that a lot of money was going out that was a waste. Now, when you don't know what you're doing, when you don't know how much money you're spending on a particular area, you don't have any frame of reference. And once they saw exactly what they were spending, it was easy for them to go, I don't want to spend that much. Right. That was just a waste. So just getting that first step was really the awareness step, like understanding. Uh, to me, it sounds like they make a tremendous amount of money. But like you said, like whether you're, you know, a tech person, an executive or, you know, that dog walker, uh, bottom line with income is you have to make more than you spend. Make more than what you spend. And the first step, as you, as you mentioned, is awareness. And the second step is practice. The third step is that awkward success and failure time, which is where everybody quits. 
Yeah. And if you don't have somebody to help you realize this is just part of the process, you just have to get through it and you will get through it and it won't take very long, but you haven't done this before. Right. So it's not super comfortable. And, and who wakes up in the morning wanting to look at things that they haven't looked at for a long time that they know they need to do a lot better at? Right. Not too many people. So uh, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So sometimes you just got to get that awareness. All right. So um, what is a long-term goal that you suggest uh, those that are just getting started in understanding their finances? So it's kind of a two-parter. Long-term goal for somebody that's just getting started. Well, there's a short and long-term. The very first short-term goal is having a cash emergency fund. Mm -hmm. It's harder to let go of cash than credit. And statistics show we spend 23% more on credit than we do in cash. And if you've saved an emergency fund, and I just start with a couple of the bare minimum of 1,000 if you don't have any, and get it to at least 5,000, and know that as soon as you spend that money, and a vacation, by the way, isn't a, an emergency. Uh, uh, going out to dinner. Shoot. I know. As soon as you spend that money, you have to fund it. You have to take it out of your check and say, we've got to put that back so we have mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. if there is an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. And those can take people anywhere from a month to a year to put together. Just depends on what you make and what you spend. Okay, so the first part is an emergency fund. What's the long-term goal? The long-term goal, whether you want to invest or whatever you want to do, is get six months worth of income saved. And I'm not talking about six months of what you spend every month. Six months worth of income that'll keep the lights on. It's not going on nice vacations. If you're making good money, you might be going on vacations. You might be buying stock. It's enough money to live. So that if somebody pulled the plug, if you had an accident, and I'm not a negative guy, I'm an optimist, but you need runway. You need runway to be able to take your advantage of stuff. Hmm. If you all of a sudden said, hey, you know, you can go on a cruise for a month for nothing. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to go and know that you have enough money to pay the bills? Yeah, I think that's a, it, it's, that is a tremendously great message for young individuals that are just getting started working right now is as you go through life, and I, know, I can attest to this as I'm sure Doug can as well, is you make mistakes financially, right? You don't put yourself with these priorities. Um, and so when stuff comes up, it's that much more urgent in life. So if you were to say right off the bat, you get out of the gate, you start earning money and you, you create that thousand dollar emergency fund. And then, uh, you know, you create another money market and you create a, and, you know, you can get with Doug and he can arrange how you do this. But if you could imagine that by the time you're 29, if you had the habits of having a six month uh, expenses set aside in savings, um, you know, that's a lot of cushion for a lot of hardship that, that will happen because stuff happens in life. So, um, you know, there is never, never a bad time to talk to Doug about getting started. So how do people get started, Doug? Well, I do a, a free consultation just to talk about what your goals and challenges are. And so the best way is just contact me at Doug at getpriorityStraight.com. And I'd be happy to sit down and have a consultation or you can go to my website, getpriorityStraight.com. Great. Well, hey, we're almost at the end, but is there anything else that you had for us today? No, I would just say that the thing that most of us don't realize is that on our worst day, we're living better than kings and queens ever dreamed of living. So instead of yeah. focusing on what you don't have and what you want, begin to think about just how lucky you are and how blessed we are to live around here. And uh, that's it. 
And enjoy life. Yeah. Enjoy it. Doug, it's always a pleasure to have you on on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks very much. All right. Up next, we have our Stump the Broker segment. Erica Mears will be joining us, our broker partner, for a some hopefully a challenging question. So right after this short break. Every business benefits from high-quality videos that greet their website visitors and immediately establish a connection on social media. While pictures and texts are great at giving details, a video conveys emotion and draws your audience in. Unified Cinematic Videography works with companies large and small to advance their video marketing goals. More than just a video production company, they help you discover your story and share it in a way that resonates with your audience, producing videos that create curiosity and inspire action. Mention the Eastside Real Estate team and receive $500 off the website introduction video package on our website, regularly priced at $4,000. To learn more or schedule a free strategy session, visit unifiedcinematic.com. All right. Welcome to the show, Erica. How are you doing today? You are muted, so you might want to unmute yourself. That's because your break was too short. <laughs> well, welcome back to from our short break. Um, so what do you got for uh, for a stump? Today is a seller's yeah. question. All righty. Mm-hmm. So um, a seller's is the house is on the market and uh, he is worried about, you know, finding a home uh, until he closed the deal. What would you you know, advice to do what was the best thing to do in case they didn't find a home until the closing date. Okay. So what I'm hearing you saying is a seller who plans to buy has their home on the market, but they're concerned because if somebody buys their home, they could be homeless. Um, And what kind of options they have. Okay. So um, that's a great question. And one that we are um, struggling with our working our sellers through all the time. There are a couple of options that you have. The first option that you have is, um, do you have any relatives that you like, right? So to be in this marketplace of having to purchase, most sellers are going to need to sell their home in order to use the equity to buy their next home. So if you can arrange a temporary live-in situation with a relative, that allows you that, that ability to have money in your hand uh, and so that you can ha- be in a powerful position when it comes time to negotiate on the purchase of your future home. Option number two is if you had the amount of equity in your home and the ability to tap that equity, there are a couple of different loan programs that you might want to talk with our loan specialists about. One is a home equity line of credit. The other is a what's called a bridge loan. And I do not know the ins and outs of that. You'd have to talk to a mortgage professional. But that would allow you to purchase the future home by tapping the equity in the home equity line of credit uh, basis. And then when you sell your other home, you're going to pay that off or they're going to require that home equity line pay, uh, be paid off. The bridge loan, I'm a little less understanding of how it works, but it, it works in a similar way. Uh, the interest rate is recast, but it is much more expensive. So when, it, when we talk about making financial decisions and, and we have Doug on talking about you know, doing it the right way, uh, the bridge loan can be a more expensive option, but it's providing you with security, right? So, um, so the, again, the first one's live with a relative. The second one is use some kind of financial tool. The third one I would say is another option that we um, can be very successful with. And that is you become a tenant in your own home. 
So you, what you do is you list the home, you get competitive offers. And as a request to those competitive offers, you let them know that you would like to spend three to six months in that home uh, for the, uh, until you find, or until you find your, and move into your next home. So that is, that doesn't create a, um, a, an ideal situation for the buyer, but because buyers are really trying to find a place in the neighborhoods that they want to be, if you price the home right, and you have a great agent to help negotiate the deal, you could create an environment where you can rent two, three, four, maybe five months after the sale that provides you with that cash in hand and leverage to go ahead and make offers on that future home. So um, I don't know if there's any other creative ways. There's always, I mean, where there's a will, there's always a creative way. Um, but that is really uh, my three that I recommend mm -hmm. to our sellers. Yeah, and the renting back uh, depends on in a hurry the buyers is can help the buyer actually negotiating like happened last year in our deal with Don and Anna. They had some room and then we got the house because they were able to rent back to the sellers. Excellent. Well, thank you for that question, Eric. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can I borrow this bicycle? Uh, yeah. Come on over okay. and take it for a ride. It's, I don't know, what's the weather like outside? I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> my window is, or my window over here is all grayed out. I can't quite see out it. Well, we thank you all for watching uh, Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, Doug, thanks for coming on. We, we so appreciate you uh, with your wisdom and providing that to our clients. We hope you'll uh, visit um, again next, uh, next month. We hope to see you again soon. If you are looking for any real estate related advice, go to our website, the Eastside Real Estate Team, and you can find out how to get a hold of us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.